You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. It is Wednesday. You know what that means. Joining us now, pro football focus expert Brad Spielberger is here to talk about Week 11. Brad, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Let's start with the breaking news. Deshaun Watson, Browns quarterback, out for the season with a shoulder injury. What does this mean in terms of futures for the Browns and for this upcoming game for them against the Steelers? Browns are currently two-point favorites with a total of only 34.5. Yeah, it's tough. You know, he actually, I think Watson had taken some strides, played a little bit better football, obviously, you know, went 14 for 14 in that second half, which is a bit more impressive now knowing he had a bad ankle and a broken bone in his shoulder, but obviously had not been very good overall this season. But P.J. Walker is, you know, near the bottom of the NFL in, in a handful of metrics. From a future standpoint, you know, my, my AFC North Division winner ticket, I thought it was riding high after beating the Ravens, could probably light that one on fire now. Um, this weekend will be interesting. I, I do think the Pittsburgh Steelers become an interesting teaser leg simply because a total of 34.5 with a plus two in the Pittsburgh, like that's what you're looking for uh, when, when you want to hop on a Wong teaser is a low total defensive battle um i think that's how i would react to it for this weekend specifically brad you're good you know what double down i i'm honestly i wouldn't light that thing on fire how many games did sean watson win maybe one like yeah. most of their wins shut out and they're giving up three points i, I don't know that it's that that big of a deal but we'll that's see fair. i appreciate we'll it see. um <laughs> how many how many teams are going to make the playoffs from this division Two. I think it'll be the the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals now. Um, You know, it's interesting. I mean, Pittsburgh with a win could be seven and three, which is pretty remarkable, uh, given they still to this point have not had the yardage advantage in a single game through through week 10. Um, And not even just looking at, you know, stuff like that. I mean, they're still bottom five in success rate and EPA per play on offense. They've gotten a little bit better in the scripted drives, but now don't have the fourth quarter magic they've had early on. And I think the big thing there, too, is as good as the defensive line is, they're now down Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander for the season at linebacker. And those guys aren't world beaters, but they're both capable players. Holcomb in particular, good coverage backer, good player. Um, and their secondary outside of Joey Porter Jr. and Minka Fitzpatrick is is abysmal. So I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But, I mean, if they're 7-3, and three, they're, they're in the driver's seat, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night's game's interesting between the Bengals and Ravens. This spread at three and a half. We've been talking about this division. Where are you out with the Bengals? Joe Burrow saying he didn't have his full toolbox the first time they played. How do you rate the Bengals moving forward? And, you know, just your thoughts on this game overall. 
Yeah, what's interesting about them is that the offense is now back into shape and the defense has actually been the problem. Um, you look at, and you know, we love that Lou Anaruma over here, one of the best defensive coordinators in football, and what they've done adding talent to this roster in the draft and through free agency has been really sharp for a couple of years now. They're a bottom 10 team, and again, any paper play, success rate, scoring drive rate, they've really struggled both on the ground and more particularly through the air. They've allowed the most explosive plays in the entire NFL this season, um, which is kind of remarkable for a heavy zone, well-coached defense like them. And now Trey Hendrickson, their best pass rusher by, frankly, by a mile, um, is not going to play tomorrow, it, it sounds like. Maybe he'll try, but, you know, a knee sprain a couple days ago, I think it'd be kind of silly for him to play and not get that extra, you know, 10 days of rest. So for those reasons, like, I think we are going to see points scored by Baltimore. I think they're going to be able to pick their spots, throw the ball, run fairly effectively, get some explosives from Keaton Mitchell, some explosives from Zay Flowers. Um, I think it will be a, a tightly contested game, though, because I also on the flip side, I think Marlon Humphrey might not play for the Ravens. I think Ronnie Stanley might not play for them as well. I think it'll be a battle. I think it'll be a close game. I don't really have a lean on a side or a total here, but I think both offenses are going to move the football in this game. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brad, I want you to put on your quarterback evaluation cap, and I hate for you to wear a hat because of, you know, the follicles that you have, which are just fantastic every single week. Uh, but I want you to put on your quarterback evaluation hat here because with how Brock Purdy performed against the Jaguars on Sunday, do you feel like he, st- he took a step, quarter- uh, step forward at at his position do you feel like he is playing better or do you think because he got his left tackle back he got Debo Samuel back that the pieces around him sort of overwhelm what he can do do you feel like that he's taking a step forward 
You know, it's funny. I think early on in the season, the narrative was, you know, probably too positive and people were throwing him in top 10 rankings and stuff like that. And then I think because of some turnover luck, finally, you know, flipping against him and yeah, losing some talent and things of that nature. Then it went the other way and it was like, oh, Brock Purdy stinks. We told you he stinks. I think he's a clear top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I just think he's in the 13 to 15 to 17 range. Um, but I do think he elevates this offense more than he gets credit for. He is willing to throw the ball downfield. It's not just because of the great playmakers. Like, he's throwing into tight windows at times when it makes sense. He has good accuracy and good ball placement. Um, he is willing to maneuver the pocket and move around a little bit. Like, I think you see things that Jimmy Garoppolo simply was not doing, even though he was productive as well. It was in different ways. Pretty attacks the middle of the field in the same manner. So, yeah, like he's always going to have the kind of, well, it's Kyle Shanahan plus Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, et cetera, et cetera, McCaffrey. Um, but no, I think the narrative is, it, it, I think people are wrong on both ends of the spectrum. He's good <laughs> and he makes plays and elevates the playmakers around him a little bit as well. Uh, let's talk about uh, switching the play caller in the middle of the season. We're seeing this in now a couple of spots in the Bills, obviously, with all the heat coming down on McDermott, he decides to fire Dorsey. You look at the coaching staff, it's obvious. Okay, you just elevate Joe Brady. We'll see if anything's going to change. And I, I don't think he made it official, but Reich wasn't positive the other day. Like, oh, we're still evaluating who's going to call plays. Once you say that, you're you're saying that you're, you're switching it, right? I mean, once you throw that out there. So Reich is probably going to take back the play calling duties in Carolina. How do we evaluate this, this as betters? Is it much ado about nothing? It's the same system, same players, same coaching staff? Or do you kind of lean towards the side of, you know what? There's a guy that's in the building that knows the personnel, that knows the system, that throughout games, he's probably thinking, you know what I would do in this situation? You know what I would do in this situation if I got the opportunity? So how do you handle this? It's interesting. I mean, for both, you know, well, Reich, we obviously know what he does. And I do think Thomas Brown kind of just ran a Reich offense. Like he's from this McVay tree. We thought maybe we'd see different things, more pre-snap motion, more play action. None of that happened. The Panthers are 30th in pre-snap motion, even though they do line up in 11 personnel a ton, which is kind of a McVay staple. But I mean, every team does that now. Um, so we, he still ran a, a static Reich offense. Um, so I don't think anything changes for me there. It's interesting in Buffalo because we have seen Joe Brady at LSU back in the heyday and, of course, you know, uh, in Carolina where he was scapegoated, uh, funnily enough, a couple of years ago, uh, and now Ken Dorsey gets scapegoated in Buffalo. So I think you are going to see some differences in how they trot out, like, Brady liked using a lot of tw uh, 21 personnel, two-back sets. Maybe we get some James Cook with a Latavius Murray, with a Leonard Fournette. Um, he also was willing to, at times, kind of go empty. Maybe we'll get, like, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, Khalil Shakir, and, you know, Deontay Hardy or, or another guy there. And we'll see some different, you know, kind of personnel usages. But for the most part, I think it is kind of catered to the personnel. You know what you have there. You know who's good um, and, and who you want to get the ball to. But yeah, the Carolina or the the Buffalo one interests me a little bit more. I wonder if Brady kind of does put his stamp on this offense and do things differently. Um, but yeah, for 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 Carolina, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I'm excited for Monday night Super Bowl rematch. This spread at two and a half and three. Do the Eagles get revenge this time around? 
so I think the game script is huge here, which I, every time I say that, I feel like it sounds dumb because it's kind of obvious. But the, the thing for me here is the Chiefs are 31st in the NFL in EPA per rush allowed and 32nd in success rate allowed. They are a very bad run defense. And the Philadelphia Eagles obviously are going to pound the rock if they can. If they're not playing from behind the entire game, I think their strategy is going to be let's have some eight-minute drives on offense. The very interesting thing Philly has done this year more than any team is we often see – a team determines their pace of play approach for a season, and they tend to stick to that. Sure, on a week-to-week -week basis, depending on the opponent, they will change a little bit. Philly goes to the extreme. Like, they play Miami. They're the slowest offense in the NFL. They play, you know, insert other team. They, they go up-tempo. They want to push the ball. They want, to, they want more possessions because they know they're a better team, and they don't mind if their defense has to have more possessions against that offense. So, in this game, I think they're going to slow their pace of play down a ton, and they're going to run the football a ton. Um, and I think that's their key to success in this one. I struggle to say they'll win the game, but you know, I, I threw out the Steelers as a teaser leg. Bit of a higher total here, but two and a half out to eight and a half for Philadelphia. I see a lot of outcomes, including the median outcome, where they do cover an eight and a half number. I like it. That makes a ton of sense to me. How about we talk about Justin Fields and his glorious return for Chicago, but they get the Lions. Lions are nine-point favorites at home with a total of 47.5. How do you see that game playing out, and how do you see Justin Fields playing? It's tough. I mean, you know, I think they did give him an extra week. I think he probably could have played on Thursday, but it's a throwing thumb where he probably wasn't throwing for a couple of weeks. So even if he's healthy now, is there some rust there? Is it, you know, does it feel fully the same or does it feel a little bit off at times? And is there a lack of comfort? Um, he does like, he doesn't have the biggest hands in the world. Like not to get into like combine silliness, but it, it, I think it is part of his fumbling <laughs> issues at times. Part of his, like, I know he struggles with quick outs and accuracy a lot, and, and there have been some quotes coming out about, yeah, he doesn't get the laces every time, and that, that's kind of an issue for him. So the Lions have killed inferior opponents all season long, um, mm -hmm. and I, I don't hate a, a Lions minus nine here. I mean, I think Chicago could score to a degree, and I do think it's interesting – Unlike Kansas City, the, the Bears quietly have a really, really good run defense. They're top three mm -hmm. in both those metrics I just mentioned. But I do wonder if part of that is tied to the opponents they've played the last five-odd weeks um, and not the fact that they're just so good against the run. Um, and, and so I can see Detroit scoring a lot in this one. It's a divisional game. It's a big spread. But, but I lean towards Detroit if I had to make a pick. All right. That one did touch double digits, but now we're – we're back down with that Fields news. It's at nine. But we do have a number of point spreads where we do have double digits. So tell me which double-digit dog you like. We touched on Carolina plus 10.5 against Dallas at home. Uh, Carolina's at home. Vegas plus 12 at Miami. Giants plus 10 at Washington. Tampa Bay plus 11.5 at San Francisco. Which double-digit dog do you like? I wish I had one for you. I don't want to force a pick there. I honestly, okay. we jumped on, yeah, we jumped on Miami minus nine and a half. Do, on do you like all the favorites? Show. Would you lay it with all these guys? I do. Okay. So okay. in particular, I, here's the thing. While I'm afraid to lay the full number for Dallas and San Fran specifically, they both play on Thursday night. And so I do have concern of, you know, if it's late in this game, let's say they're up by 17, whatever. And, and you know, they, they kind of take some starters out, get ready for a Thursday quick turnaround and get backdoored. But one of my favorite bets of this entire week is the Cowboys first half minus six and a half. 
We got it at minus 110. I know it's still out there, but it's probably minus 115, minus 120 at this point. Um, Dallas is third in the NFL in scripted drives in just in terms of scoring rate. They're third in the NFL in scoring drive rate in first halves of football games. And we've seen them just blow opponents out, especially bad ones, early on. And I also think for Dallas, they basically sat out the, the fourth quarter of this past week's game against the Giants. They are used to the turnaround because they play this Thursday game every single year. So they know what to expect. They know how to prepare for it. They know what they're looking into. Um, but I really like them laying a six and a half for the first half. Yeah, I, I wish I was more fun and had a, had a plucky underdog. But uh, those teams that are getting 12 points or whatever, they, they should be getting 12 points uh, plus. <laughs> uh, we got about a minute or so left. I'm curious your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers saying in the last 24 hours that he plans to come back mid-December. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you rate this Jets team if he does come back? What version of him are we getting? I cannot wait to hear your answer here. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I almost am excited for when the Jets lose a couple more games and then Rogers like, you know, I could come back, but I'm just going to get ready for next year. And it's like, oh, you just controlled headlines for two months and sounded like a superhero, even uh, though you probably never uh, were actually going to come back and play. Uh, it's tough. Like my wife's a doctor. Our roommate when we were in med school is literally – well, I can't, shouldn't say too much, but like she probably was in this in the hospital when Rogers got that procedure done. I doubt she was in the actual operating room, but like she thinks it's insane <laughs> that he's making these comments. So there's no chance that he actually can come <laughs> back and be a functional quarterback. And she's like, if he does it, like he'll get hit one time and probably ruin all of 2024 in addition to 2023. Mm. So um, I think it's I think it's silly. I think it's ridiculous. And hey, if he pulls it off, I'm an idiot. I got egg on my face, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I love it. Nicely done. Okay, 30 <laughs> seconds left. Any other plays you like for this week? Yes. So, uh, real quick here. So, I mentioned the Cowboys. I mentioned Steelers. Uh, Vikings also has a teaser leg going up against the Denver Broncos. Selling the, the kind of push towards them for beating Buffalo. I think Beth Buffalo is just an inherently flawed team. And one quick prop for you, as always. Like Jamar Chase, over 84 and a half receiving yards this week. I mentioned, I think they're going through the football. Maybe no Marlon Humphrey in this game. Um, even when he was the entire focal point against Houston, he still put up 120. I like Jamar in that game. Good stuff. Good stuff. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is Becky All Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's Trend or Truth time right here on the Becky All Network.